You're listening to RazorCast, USA's hottest podcast, bringing you cutting-edge interviews from leading industry professionals. Hello, everyone. This is Liz Harvey coming to you from our studios in New York City, where we are dedicated to bringing you top-quality advice from many of the leading expert professionals across the U.S. In today's episode, we are speaking with Dr. Greg Olson, a wellness expert in Lake Forest, California. Dr. Olson graduated from Los Angeles College of Chiropractic in 1994 and specializes in restoring health to patients through functional medicine, rehabilitation, neurology, kinesiology, chiropractic care, and more. Today we're going to talk about a very important topic, concussion, diagnosis, and recovery with functional neurology. Hi, Dr. Olson. How are you today? I'm great, Liz. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Well, thanks for joining me. So I think most people have a general understanding of what a concussion is, but can you please explain what is really happening to the brain when someone gets a concussion? With regard to concussions, we consider it to be what uh, the term is a mild traumatic brain injury. So literally, it's, it's an injury to the brain. And uh, in the concussion category, we call it you know, generally mild to moderate brain injury uh, from a direct impact to the head or a, a rapid, sudden movement. Uh, and those rapid, sudden movements can uh, create what's called a shearing stress uh, to the brain. Most people don't realize that the brain, uh, despite what uh, people oftentimes see in models where it's a nice round shape and it's firm, is actually a liquid structure. And so it's very vulnerable to movement uh, around uh, in the in the skull. And how is a concussion diagnosed? And are there different levels of severity and health risks? Most definitely. Uh, currently, the American Academy of Neuro- Neurology uh, considers a concussion to be a time where there's any uh, a state of altered consciousness. So if you get your head hit and you go, whoa, I don't feel right, even if it's just for a moment, can be considered a, a mild concussion. Now, in terms of grading them, uh, it's kind of the simplest way to look at it is uh, we call it, uh, a grade one, grade two, and grade three concussions. Uh, a grade one concussion has what we call a, a term transient confusion, just kind of a, kind of got your head, head knocked and you're kind of not knowing what's going on for a moment to varying degrees. Uh, in that grade one, uh, there's no loss of consciousness, and it's generally 15 minutes or less as far as uh, you kind of feel like, okay, it was short and I was, I'm back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that grade two of the concussion, again, has that uh, transient confusion. There's no loss of consciousness again, um, and with that one takes, takes a little longer. It's considered to be anything over 15 minutes. And that, next up is the grade three concussion. And that's really where there's considered to be any loss of consciousness, uh, whether it's you know, brief or, or a longer period of time. So uh, those are the symptoms uh, related to it. It's, you know, when this happens, um, and depending upon the severity of it, it's really it's, uh, considered to be impacting the whole brain that can be uh, called reactive swelling and damaged nerve tissue or cells in the brain. So with this, important things as far as um, diagnosing it, um, with regard to the diagnosis, one of the things we look at is, you know, obviously making sure that there's uh, no uh, brain bleeding uh, or more serious damage like that. But beyond that, um, when we're looking at somebody who may have had uh, an injury to the head and going, okay, well, is there a concussion or not a concussion, 
we do have a, uh, a newer test. Uh, it's a lab test or a blood test, and it's looking for something called brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Um, in situations where there's been a head trauma, that will actually decrease. We'll look for a lower finding with regard to that. Um, there are other assessments that we use uh, in terms of uh, assessing what's called the cerebellum. Uh, the cerebellum is a structure in the brain that controls balance and coordination. Um, it's also a distribution center for the brain. There's a test we use called a sway test. It's an electronic measurement of uh, how you're able to maintain your posture and balance in different poses and positions, um, and it, can, and it uh, analyzes and measures that. Um, we also, uh, in terms of clinical findings, uh, one of the things that I look for uh, it's most consistent is cranial nerve function. Um, those are the nerves that control the head and the facial areas. Uh, cranial nerves three, four, and six control eye movements. And uh, any degree of, of concussion that I've looked at, uh, to, for me, that's been the most sensitive um, and valuable findings with that. Uh, abnormal eye movements is basically what that comes down to when we assess those. Um, and then the second is looking at cerebellum function or that balance and coordination. Um, from a uh, uh, symptom standpoint, uh, things that can be experienced, so we just go through the questionnaire, uh, you know, have, have you had a, any kind of loss of smell, sensitivity to, to uh, light or sound, uh, confusion, clumsiness, uh, slurring of the speech, dizziness, vertigo, um, uh, nausea, fatigue, very common. Uh, so those are some of the things we look for in concussion. Okay. And... After sustaining a concussion, what are the general guidelines for treatment and recovery time? In terms of a concussion for treatment and recovery time, uh, that can vary so greatly depending upon uh, what's happened to, with the severity. It may be anything from you know at, uh, 15 minutes or less in terms of the grading options that you just recover and it wasn't too bad. Um, most people tend to have uh, longer or uh, harder times with it if they've had that uh, issue for 15 minutes or more. Uh, and then especially if there's been a lot, any kind of loss of consciousness is where we really see a, a greater difficulty in, uh, in that recovery time. So treatment options, self-treatment options include, you know, obviously, uh, you know, rest. Um, if you're having trouble with sleep or mood, uh, we have things for like supplements, uh, things over the counter, or even getting uh, prescriptions related to those items. Um, so the recovery can be anything from a few minutes um, to months. Um, and one of the greater concerns right now is uh, we know that when there's been a concussion, that it makes you more vulnerable to more severe uh, injuries with subsequent uh, head trauma. And so that's really led to the, the uh, uh, greater findings of that chronic traumatic encephalopathy uh, when the brain actually um, gets damaged and uh, really affects the long-term long -term health of how you're doing because of that. And what is functional neurology, and how does it help to treat concussions? Functional neurology is looking at uh, the neurology of how the brain works or, and uh, really identifying the functional component of it. Um, there's a really key difference between looking at uh, strictly pathology or uh, damage, you know, damage beyond repair versus how is it functioning. Uh, from a function standpoint, if we can find areas um, 
that aren't functioning properly, and we can provide uh, stimulation to the body that that uh, goes to those areas. We can say, hey, let, you know, let's let's uh, send some stimulation up to this area and see what the brain does, how receptive it is to this, um, and then measure the response to it. So, really key part of the functional neurology, uh, identifying the brain function. Um, that's done through uh, neurological exam, cranial nerve exam, um, things that. From a functional neurology standpoint, we do uh, things like uh, transcranial uh, low-level laser therapy, pulsed electromagnetic field therapy, um, using diet and nutrition to help with uh, the neural inflammation that's associated with concussions. And a real interesting finding, um, or some facts on this, uh, you know, if somebody's experienced a concussion, the concussion, in order for that injury to occur, uh, takes up to 90 Gs of force uh, for that to happen. Um, and neck injury only requires four to 10 Gs of force. So virtually every time there's a concussion, there's always a neck injury. And some of the current, um, I'll say medical hypothesis for concussion is, has a, uh, we call a cervicogenic origin, um, meaning a lot of the problems from that come from the trauma to the neck as well. And that's definitely something that we see clinically. And do you have to meet certain requirements to get started with functional neurology treatments, and what is a typical treatment session like? So to get started with functional uh, functional neurology, is, there's no special requirements. Um, the first step is is if you're concerned about you know concussion or something that's happened with you, is to just make the step and, and uh, contact us uh, for an evaluation, um, and that's really determines as far as what the best best treatment is, um, best options are. Um, you know, if you uh, did come in and uh, you were to be evaluated, um, say, for example, um, through your evaluation, we've may have found, we talked earlier about the cerebellum, um, and I like that because uh, cerebellum is such a valuable uh, area to look at in the brain. So when there's a problem, say we find that there's a problem with how your cerebellum is working, uh, a session with that uh, may include anything from... Um, doing uh, what we call unilateral adjustments to the spine. Um, we could do uh, certain types of exercises, cross-crawling exercises, balance-stimulating exercises, um, a wobble chair. Uh, those are a couple of the examples of, of uh, stimulating the cerebellum. Um, one of those areas also for the cerebellum is uh, doing a, um, a what's called a warm caloric. So if we find your cerebellum is not functioning properly on uh, the right side. We may do uh, warm stimulation to the uh, right side ear canal to stimulate the uh, ciliary fibers in the ear, which stimulates the cerebellum. Um, if we, as another example, to find that maybe the parietal lobe uh, in your brain is not working properly, that could be everything from uh, doing uh, vibration therapy, tens units, uh, exercises where you trace a maze with your finger. Uh, those are a few examples of how those might work. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Olson. We know you're busy, so I just want to thank you for your time and help today. Uh, you're welcome. It's been great meeting with you today. And for our listeners across the country, if you are interested in speaking with the doctor, please visit www.askdrolson.com or call 949 859 to schedule an appointment. 
On behalf of our team, we want to thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you more top-quality content from our country's leading experts. You've been listening to RazorCast, USA's hottest podcast, bringing you cutting-edge interviews from leading industry professionals. 